You're listening to the voice of Doc. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. And today's story is the second and final part of Come the Storm by Tony Gray Fox, who's been writing furry fiction for longer than he likes to admit. This story was a runner-up in the Rain First Yearly Writing Contest for 2014 and appeared in the next year's charity anthology. Tony's work has also been featured in anthologies like Inhuman Acts and The Furry Future, Heat Magazine, and others. You can find more of his stories on SoFurry. Last time, Talia and Kristen, a deer and bulk cat, found themselves unlikely companions in a quest to seek out the answer to a drought that has fallen over their villages. Living under the pact that protects herbivore from carnivore, the two travel towards the Oak Bend Forest through the parched grasslands. But there are other dangers beyond the summer heat to contend with. Please enjoy Come the Storm by Tony Gray Fox. Ouch! A little gentler, perhaps, Kristen? Talia, stretched out on crisp, dry grass on her stomach, looked over her shoulder at the bobcat, who knelt next to her legs. He shrugged apologetically. Apologies, but the thorns are well dug in, and I think they're barbed slightly. It feels that way. What a lovely place for a bramble bush to be growing, in the hidden hollow, she grumbled. Ouch! Careful. I need to use my claws a little to help remove these pesky things. He worried at one of the thorns stuck into the deer's calf, finally tugging the impressively sized sticker out of her short pelt. Good thing I jumped over that hollow and that you nearly made it. I think we would have been here for quite a while had one of us landed fully in that thorn bush. Talia shuddered. I think we need to slow down slightly tomorrow, don't you? <laughs> Agreed, oh wise and knowledgeable elder. Ouch! He rubbed at his forearm where she had kicked him. I think that's all of them. Do you think we should wrap your leg? She shook her head no and sat up. It should be fine. We should dig a fire pit before it's full dark, though. The two young creatures made short work of a fire pit, clearing grass for several feet around. In a few moments, they had a small fire. Talia sat back on the cleared ground and looked to the sky. Oh my, a family meeting! A what? Confused, Kristen peered around as the light softened into sunset gold. Where? There, in the west, is the sun heading to her bed for the evening. She pointed to the shimmering western horizon, then turned her gaze to the opposite direction. And there to the east is her brother, the moon, following her through the heavens. Kristen frowned. Brother and sister? I don't know what you're talking about, Talia. Do you not know the story of how we came to be? She seemed surprised to learn of his ignorance. Our elders tell us the tale on the shortest and longest days of the year. Talia, her friend said with a smile, our elders are not your elders. But I am curious about the story. Please tell it. Me? Oh, no, no, I, I couldn't. She waved her hooves, embarrassed. The elders are so much better. And so far away. Besides, Kristen said with a small smile, do you not wish to educate a poor, backwards meat-eater about your people? The deer took a deep breath and shook her head. All right, I will tell you, but if you laugh, I will find the biggest stick I can and chase you across the grasslands for weeks. Kristen sat up as Talia took her knife from its sheath 
and sketched a representation of the sun, blazing beams of light radiating from it. She took a breath and began. In the days when the world was young, and when the creatures of the world all ran on four legs to find their dinners and their mates, the sun, the giver of life, as our people see her, and her brother the moon, were as close as any littermates. But as they grew, and their mother the sky saw their attributes, it was decided that sun, with her glowing face and the warmth of her love, would be the protector of the day, sharing her brilliance with all below, and moon, who glimmered but did not share of his warmth, being more reserved and moody than his sister, would become the guardian of the night and the stars. When he heard of this decision, Moon became angry, feeling that he was being punished for being less beautiful than his sister, and he declared that he would spend all his days chasing sun across the sky, and when he caught her, he would throw her aside and take her place as guardian of the day. Talia added another orb in her sketch on the dusty ground, this one with no rays, but an angry visage instead. The race went on for many summers, the sun always able to stay ahead of her brother, though he catches up sometimes, and we see both sun and moon in the sky during the day, as we did today. The deer smiled. They rarely meet face to face, and good thing too. But one day, sun became weary of the endless race, and instead came to ground to rest for a time. She knew the many creatures of the world from looking down at them from afar, and they knew and greeted her with joy. They saw her weariness, and each aided her in some way. Small figures joined the sun, surrounding the blazing orb, rough features giving each their species. The fast-climbing squirrels reached their caches and brought her nuts and acorns, the long-leaping rabbits, vegetables and roots for her repast. Otters brought her water and fish, and we, the fleet-footed deer, ran far and wide to bring the creatures to aid her and guard her in her rest. Mice raccoons, bears, and many others all came together around the sun, and she looked upon them and felt their adoration. And for their aid in her time of need, she rewarded them. Talia gestured to the figures in the dust. To each of the animals that had aided her, she said, I grant you the gift of words, the better to communicate between each other, squirrel to otter, bear to mouse. Each was given the power to walk on two feet as well, as she did, though we only ever see her face, and the smaller were given greater size to be at least closer in height to their fellows. But each species was left with their greatest gifts, their ability to climb, to fish, to swim, and so on. Sun looked upon them and said, You have shown your great worth through your selfless service to me, and I thank you all. In exchange, I will forever cast my light and warmth upon you and your peoples. And then she rose back into the sky, leaving our ancestors to learn the ways that we live today. Clasping her hooves, Talia bowed her head and fell silent. For a moment there was nothing but the sound of the breeze rustling dry grass. Finally, Kristen cleared his throat. That is a wonderful story, Talia. I can certainly see the reasoning behind it. But I do wonder something. Talia tilted her head at the bobcat curiously. What is it? He gestured to the figures around the sun. There we see all of the grass-eaters of the world. But I've heard nothing of where my people come from. 
Do your elders tell those tales? Uh, well, there are tales, of course, but... She paused. We rarely hear them. I could tell you what I know, if you wish. Please, he asked, curious. Oh, of course. The deer took a breath. We are told that while sun was resting on the world's surface, moon was able to catch up and look down upon the world during the day. While he did not catch his sister, who returned to her vigil in the heavens before he arrived, he saw the creatures that she had honoured and wished to spite his sibling for escaping him once again. Talia glanced at Kristen's rapt face, caught in the flickering firelight, and scratched her chin nervously. Uh, he looked upon the creatures that he knew from his nighttime endeavours, and the others that walked the face of the world during the day and night, and granted them similar gifts to those his sister had shared. To the foxes, the great and smaller cats, the weasels, the coyotes, and their brethren, he granted words and walking upright, and tasked these sharp-toothed animals to hunt the grass and nut-eaters as a way to hurt his sister, and they followed his orders until the days when the creatures learned to live together in harmony. Again she fell silent, this time allowing a nervous quiet to settle between them. Huh. Well, again, it seems to fit, doesn't it? Kristen chuckled softly and leaned over to lay a paw on his friend's shoulder. Thank you for sharing it, Talia. It is very educational to learn about your people, and I will share my knowledge back home to improve our understanding of each other. Talia flashed him a relieved smile. Thank you, Kristen. She sipped from her precious supply of water and regarded the cat curiously. Do your priests share any stories about where your people come from? Oh, he said offhandedly, we are told that the first lords of the hunt tore apart a prey animal of some sort and the first of our people sprang free into the world from its innards. Silence fell again. I think, Talia said, that I will stop asking questions and get some sleep now. Two days of travel later, the Oak River had become a glittering wide band before them. Across it, the Oakbend Forest sprawled, a vast carpet of green covering the foothills. I think we should make the river in the morning. There should be a shallow place to cross somewhere nearby, and then we'll be in the forest. Kristen perched on a boulder, left on the plain by some long-past flood or other force. He smiled down at Talia, his happiness evident by the flash of his teeth in that gesture. It was a measure of her comfort that those sharp points caused no concern for the doe. She smiled back. And once we are in the forest, we will, I'm sure, be swept up by some unnatural force and taken to where we need to be. Don't joke, Talia. The priests often speak of masters who can do such things. Those of their number that have reached the highest level of devotion and learned the secrets of nature. Scrambling back down the boulder, the bobcat snorted. Of course, they speak of those masters to children and the aged. True or not, I do not... He broke off, head snapping up and around. Talia saw his nostrils flare. What is... A spear whistled over the boulder and slammed into the ground, not a pause breadth from Kristen's toes. Hi! He ducked back, scrambling towards another boulder, while the length of wood quivered. Run! Talia was off in a flash. 
The doe launched into a dash, all four hooves digging into the dusty ground with a crackle of grass. Behind her, an angry feline snarl was met by rumbling roars that echoed across the plain. She nearly turned around on the spot, but instinct told her to get away from the danger as quickly as possible, then turn and evaluate the situation. Kristen would, for the moment at least, have to take care of himself. Her run seemed like an eternity, but it truly was only a few moments of frantic speed before Talia dropped into a crouch and curved behind a small rise, its dry grass rustling in the breeze. There she froze, ears raised, straining for any sound they might find. In the near distance, she could hear the rattle of grasses and the occasional quiet rumble of deep voices. Good. That suggests that Kristen had scrambled clear of whatever was attacking them. Careful not to disrupt the grass too much, Talia lifted her head to peer over the rise. The tall grass made it difficult to see much of anything, but there seemed to be movement out there, a ripple in the grass moving away from her. The doe nodded quietly. No pursuit meant that she could work her way back towards where she had left Kristen and hopefully connect with him again. She turned around, right into a pair of strong arms that wrapped around her. You are a fast... Ouch! She bit her attacker hard, tasting the coppery tinge of blood. He, for it was certainly he with that deep voice, yelped and let her go, but just as she coiled to spring again, the scent of her captor registered. Who are you? She snapped at the elk, who ignored her instead holding his arm in pain. He wore a padded leather jerkin, a small shield dangling off his back, and a long, slim blade rested in a scabbard on his belt. His antlers would have been impressive had they not been trimmed down to a small spread. Her scrutiny lasted only a moment before Talia kicked him hard in the thigh and leaped into flight once again, long legs pumping hard. The elk's shout behind her was pained and indignant. She didn't care. An unmistakable scent curled across the plains. Coppery and sharp, the smell of blood crept into her nostrils and made her shudder, urged her to turn and flee and never stop. Instead, she homed in on that scent, and the others that now accompanied it. Talia could sense two more elk mingled with the blood scent, and a hint of cat. She ran harder towards that. Angry shouts and feline hissing rose up as she neared the source of the scents, and suddenly she was in a clearing made of flattened glass. The trio of creatures occupying it didn't notice her arrival. They were far too focused on one another and the deadly dance they were engaged in. The bobcat was holding his own against the two warriors, each holding a shield and one of those slim blades, but it was obvious that he would be worn down by them in short order. Already his fine tunic was sliced and one shoulder was stained with a dark patch spreading slowly down his chest. His eyes were flat and angry, his ears were back, and sharp claws showed in the paw not clenched around a short sword. Filthy meat-eater, one of the elk spat, lunging towards Kristen with a trained slash of the sword. Kristen slapped the blade away in return and drove his own weapon toward the elk's middle, only to have it caught on the shield. Undaunted, the feline brought his other paw up and left four neat parallel marks across the servite's cheek. The warrior stumbled back, and the other moved in to take his own attempt at the bobcat. He never got there. A tan missile struck him in the belly, sending him sprawling into the grass. Talia drove her own blade up to rest against the buck's throat. 
Surrender, she shouted into the surprised face. All of you. Silence fell, the elk beneath her staring with wide eyes. The wounded buck took an uncertain step toward her, but Krista, fur puffed up in anger, stepped between them and hissed. The elk wilted visibly. He dropped his sword to the ground. All right, please, just... Why did you attack us? Talia demanded, keeping her knife tight against the buck's throat. We did nothing to you. The third buck limped slowly up to stand with his fellow, hooves raised to show he was unarmed. The meat-eater. We've been seeking murderers who hunted and killed one of our fellows three days past. Well, this cat has been traveling with me for four days, and we have seen nothing but one another in that time. All three elk stared at the doe. You travel with the meat-eater? Yes, she snarled. Kristen follows the pact. Do we not? Do we attack any carnivores simply because they have sharp teeth now? But not all meat-eaters follow the pact. Our cousin was killed by coyotes. All know that they... At the mention of family, Talia took a closer look at the three elk, saw the family resemblance, similar markings, antlers trimmed the same, and understood a little more. These three, probably brothers, were seeking to avenge a family member and were little interested in the target so long as it had sharp teeth. In different circumstances, the doe thought she might react similarly, but attacking entirely unrelated creatures. Talia snorted and stood, sheathing her knife. Does Kristen look like a coyote? Do I? She stood next to the bobcat, her shoulder pressed against his. She felt his tension, the cat ready to spring, and lay a hoof on his back. He relaxed slightly. Kristen is an honorable creature. The pact tells us all to live together and share the world with one another, whether we be cat, deer, wolf, squirrel, or any being. The elk she had attacked stood. We must protect ourselves, though, and that should not mean simply attacking any creature that is not of your kind. Kristen's voice was flat and angry. If you seek a murderer, one who has gone outside the pact, then you have all right to deal with them how you feel necessary. Those who kill against the pact deserve what judgment you bring. You would not defend such a creature? Disdain dripped from the elk's voice. Not for a second. In fact, once our task is completed, if you still seek these murderers, I will gladly offer my help. I may be able to track them more efficiently than you. Kristen straightened, and his claws retracted, even as he sheathed his blade. Perhaps spending some time with an honorable creature who lives by the pact will teach you something. The trio of elk looked at each other uncertainly, their distrust evident on their faces. Talia rolled her eyes. If you do not trust an honorable bobcat, then perhaps you will trust an honorable deer. Our task is the same, and I will return with Kristen on our way home. This I pledge to you. Well, one of the elk said, glancing at his fellows. All right, I suppose we can trust you, both of you. He turned to Kristen. I am, uh, sorry for our attack. Can we help you in any way? Kristen shook his head. Thank you, but our task is one we must complete, and soon. They watched from atop the boulder until the three elk disappeared into the tall grass. Somewhere in that direction lay their town, a day or so off near the river, they had told Talia and Kristen. An uneasy truce had gone with them, 
but Talia still waited until they were out of sight before climbing back down from her perch. Kristen joined her, moving slower and wincing as he used his arm. Come, let me look at that. She pushed the bobcat to sit and drew the torn tunic from his shoulder. It looks shallow, just a scratch that bled badly. If there are more predators nearby, we may have a problem tonight, though. Kristen snorted. If we do, you can knock them down like you did that elk. You're quite a fighter. I have four older brothers and many cousins, my friend. Deer may seem flighty, but we can put up a fight if needed. Talia settled to her haunches and smiled at the cat. Thank you. His head tilted. For what? For fighting for me. You are a good friend. As are you, Talia. After all, you came to my rescue too. Kristen paused. Would you really have used your knife on that buck? Talia smiled, making sure to show teeth. We will never know, will we? A rocky stretch of the Oak River provided passage to the other side the next morning. Talia springing from boulder to boulder until she reached dry land. Kristen joined her and the two youths stared into the vast forest that reached nearly to the river's edge. Here we are. Talia looked at her companion. Nervous? We've been walking for five days, attacked by crazy elk, crossed a large river and still have no idea what exactly to look for now that we're here. He shook his head. I am not nervous at all. <laughs> Liar. Shall we go in? It was but a few moments' walk to cross the brushy strand stretching up from the river to the green-tipped trees that climbed into the high hills before them. Past the first few smaller pines, they found themselves in a vast, ancient forest, carpeted with old needles and moss that sprung softly beneath their feet. Do you see any trails, signs of life? Talia's voice came out as a whisper, daunted by the age and beauty of the forest. Kristen raised his nose, sniffing at the air, and shook his head. I smell nothing. Perhaps we should just walk a little ways in, then turn and parallel the river? Trails would likely go to the river. Good idea. Let's... Wind gusted, cutting the dough off in a flurry of litter lifted from the forest floor. Talia winced, covering her face from the prickling spray, but it dissipated as quickly as it began. She grumbled, brushing needles from her clothes, until Kristen tugged her sleeve. Talia? What is... Oh! They stared at the figure that stood before them. It wore a heavy robe, the hood raised to cover its face, and even stooped over was taller than Talia. The dark hooded gaze stared at them for a moment in silence. You have done well, children. The voice seemed as ancient as the trees, barely louder than the wind through pine needles, but demanded attention. Talia and Kristen stood mute as the figure stepped closer, staring at each of them for a long moment. Finally, it reached up and drew the hood back. I am Huion. This is my forest. I have sensed your need and followed your journey across the sea of grass to come here. The ancient cougar spread her paws. Only the worthy can find me, and here you are. Speak. What boon do you ask of Huya? Talia looked at Kristen, who motioned for her to begin. 
The doe held out her bundle to the cougar. Our, our crops suffer from the heat of the summer sun. The rains have not come. I bring these gifts. Our village and many others need the rain. Huyan accepted the bundle and peered inside. Fine trail bread, dried herbs, oats. It has been long since I have had such fare. I thank you. She turned to the bobcat. And you? We, my village and our neighbors, also face drought. Our animals need rain just as the grass and crops do. These gifts. We also ask that the rains come. He handed the package over. Please help us. Kristen glanced at Talia, then back. All of us. A smile spread across the elderly cougar's face as she sniffed at the bundle. Dried meats and fish. Excellent fare. And something more. The youth looked at Huyan, confused. She gestured to them both. Understanding. Cooperation. Friendship. These are the goals set by we who first created the great pact between the grass-eaters and the meat-eaters. We who sought to live in peace and live off the creatures and bounty of the land rather than eternally fight with one another. Huyan tapped each of them in the chest. Unsought and unplanned, you two have formed your own pact. You have run together fought for one another, and learned much. Such was our goal, and as the last remaining arbiter of the pact, I judge that you have achieved those goals admirably. Huya raised her paws. You have come seeking help for your people, and have found much more during the journey. For that, I grant you this more. Take it. Live well, share what you have learned, and remember. The wind rose again, a vicious whirl that set the forest floor aflight once again. This time, it let Talia and Kristen alone while it blotted out their surroundings for a long, dark minute. When it settled, they found themselves standing where their trail had entered the forest. Ahead, the oak rolled by sedately. Beyond it, the sea of grass spread as far as the eye could see. Look! Talia pointed upward. From the forest, a dark column rose into the heights, needle-thin at first, then spreading wider and wider until it dissolved into dark clouds. The sun disappeared as the clouds spread above, covering the blue sky with grey. Lightning crackled and a cool breeze blew off the plain. Raindrops speckled their clothing, dotted their fur. As the two watched, a sprinkle of rain turned into a steady drizzle, and from there to a steady, hard rain. It worked. It worked. Kristen leaped into the rain, arms spread, and turned his face to the sky. Talia watched as his thick fur slumped and sagged in the rain. She laughed and jumped forward, taking his paws. The two twirling in the downpour until they fell together in an exhausted embrace. We did it. The rains, the rains are here. Talia pulled back and smiled widely at the shorter cat, brushing fur out of his eyes. We did it. Kristen smiled back. 
Yes, we did. We did it. Together. Hoof and Paul, the two turned to watch as the life-bringing storm rolled in a wave across the sea of grass. This was the second and final part of Come the Storm by Tony Gray Fox, read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. You can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.